You're listening to the Creating Healthy Families podcast, a podcast designed to prompt purposeful relationships in your family. Now, here's your host, Link Taylor. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our podcast, Looking at Marriages. And uh, this is kind of our second uh, part of our podcast, Doing Life uh, During the Stay-at-Home Quarantine Time, and however long this lasts. I think some of the principles we're going to look at and some of the uh, just kind of important habits uh, that you can kind of bring into your marriage uh, really is not just for the quarantine time, but can be uh, for um, just use ongoing to have a healthy marriage. And so once again, today I have with me in my home studio, (laughs) my lovely bride, Joellen. Hey there. So glad, honey, you're with me again. I'm glad too. We've been seeing a lot of each other lately, and so yeah, so we're having a good time um, being together during this time. But uh, also, we know uh, the stress it can put on our marriage um, during these uncertain times. And uh, really, what does the the not just the long term future, but the near future look like over these coming months? And so uh, yeah, so we just want to uh, have a time and talking about. Just important habits, healthy habits to bring into your marriage relationship. So we had a good time talking the last time. You could even call them best practices. Wow, you said it. (laughs) You said it. So go back to the previous, uh, I don't know what number it is, but the previous podcast as we looked at uh, some other healthy best practices, healthy habits. And so we just kind of want to continue that conversation uh, from the last one, and uh, maybe uh, maybe even repeat some some truths that are really important that we want everybody to hear. Yeah, absolutely. And you've probably come up with a list of your own during this time, forging um, just some new, you know, rhythms in your family too. So yeah, so uh, so just some important habits. I think the last one too, though, we looked at uh, what are those. Threats or obstacles, we use the word obstacles, maybe to a um, a thriving marriage that I think can kind of creep into any any marriage relationship. Um, and so, yeah, I do want to encourage you to go back and listen to the last one. So let's, let's just kind of jump into these best practices <laughs> that... Uh, uh, that we want to kind of uh, get across and, and ones that we've tried to to live out in our own marriage uh, which will be 30 years mm-hmm. in just a few weeks. Crazy. Crazy, well, crazy. that is amazing. And we're only in our 30s. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, the first one is to share often. And the importance of of sharing what's on our hearts, what's on our minds. Um, yeah, but to share often with our spouse. I think many times we assume because we... We live life in the same home. We're around each other a lot. That we really know what's going on, everything in each other's lives, and and hearts and minds. But we can't assume that. And so I think to continue to establish a healthy communication, uh, we have to share, and not only share but share often. Exactly, I think so too. And we, I, I um, regularly just still realize that you know. There's things that I think you know that I'm thinking that you don't, you know, and there's misinterpretation, the way things are said. And it's really important, I think, to to open up that thought life to the other person um, and the 
the things that we say to ourselves, the things we're feeling, um, concerns we have that um, we may assume the other one's aware of, but yeah. just really not. And the bigger, yeah, the bigger story of what's happening. I think sometimes it can be taken out of context if I say mm-hmm. something. But I haven't brought you in to really what are other things I'm thinking that right. may give clarity, such as going back <laughs> a long time to this yeah. during our engagement, which was 30 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. This is back in the days of of perms. Or what, what, just yeah, um, it was a thing that the girls all used to do, <laughs> go to the <laughs> salon and... It was. It's a pretty tedious and not fun process, actually, to get a perm in your hair. And those of y'all that are, you know, younger than us may have never had one. But the ones that are, you know, dancing around the twenty five, thirty years marriage mark, you know what I'm talking about. You remember the big, yeah, the big curly. So I'm. uh, We're engaged. I'm at my parents' house. I'm on my dad's in my dad's office. Anyway, I, you come into the home. I don't remember everything came about it. Front door, yeah, and I had just come from getting a new perm. Yes, and you were so excited to show me this new perm, <laughs> and you walked in, and I had already seen out the window you walking down the sidewalk to the house. So I had already seen it, and I already go, already thought, wow, I like that. So I'd already thought that. I walked around. As I was walking, I was like, man, that really, really looks good on her. So I, I kind of had my second thought. And then my third thought was, I forgot what, exactly what my third thought was because I said my fourth thought, <laughs> which was a question. Never having had a perm of your own, not really knowing how it works. No, I didn't know how perm worked. And I simply said, will your hair always be that curly? <laughs> First thing out of my mouth. Well, I'd already thought, I like it. Man, it's fantastic. But I had not shared that verbally with her. And so yeah, here it is. That 30, didn't go over that well. 31 years later, <laughs> it, is a, it is seared in our memory as a, <laughs> as a moment of we need to communicate better. Because, yeah, I think I blocked out. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> but um, no. Yeah. I, I can't remember if I turned out and turned around and walked back out. But in my <laughs> memory, looking back at it, maybe that's what I should have done if I didn't. But yeah. But just um, a, at the t- well, now it's fun. But at the time, yeah. it was not it was not good. <laughs> but just a yeah, just an illustration to show, you know, don't assume that the other one knows what we're thinking in our minds. And this is hopes and fears. Oh, definitely. I think as we share. And I don't know, I hate to generalize by gender, but and maybe it's just our marriage, but I think it's possible that maybe this is something men do more than women, but um, I think you definitely tend to, I call it treetopping your thoughts with me. Like, there's a lot of thoughts going downhill, back mm-hmm. uphill, and the, you get to the top of it, you know, it's an idea or a thought, and you'll tell me that part but not the in-between. And so it can be, you know, difficult. I tend to be the other way of like, let me tell you every thought, every step in this thought process that I've had. Do you do that sometimes? Um, I mean, sometimes, yeah. (laughs) And I've been known to, um, as I share, I'm doing something else while I'm sharing. Mm. Or I just share. I hadn't noticed. The, (laughs) yes, I share just the veneer thick and then I'm like, okay, I'm ready to move on to the next thing. And so, uh, but I understand, uh, as does Joelle, and we've, we've got to meet in the middle. 
and and figure out what that looks like and sharing because the importance of it. Now we've kid we've kid in the past about this is this is forced conversation because that well, was me at that. the beginning. You yeah, love that. that was me at the beginning. <laughs> I was like, ah, this is new to me, you know. Uh, but it is so important because as in a marriage relationship, once again, you know, you can have a good or good, you know, just a, you know, uh, good enough type marriage, but to have a great thriving marriage is an opportunity to, uh, is brought about by sharing often. So, all right, mm-hmm. let, let's go to the next one. And, um, and this is big in a world where we are getting bombarded by what we should be, uh, what we aren't. You know what we need to be in order to be successful or to be a certain type person is this this habit uh, with each other is to speak words of affirmation and mm-hmm. to do that frequently. Uh, you know we've got to affirm each other and to, to to say these words. You know to to speak words of affirmation, not just to um, you know hope that the other person is is thinking something, but to actually say them. You know, because yeah. we're we're all vulnerable to lies that we hear ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, whether we're audibly hearing them or not. We are susceptible to certain lies. So the spouse's role to affirm, yeah, in those situations is huge. I think that's so unique. That's a unique opportunity. I think for a spouse, because we do um, know each other so well that we we really know if we take a moment to think about it, what the other person needs to hear in order to feel encouraged. And I I think it's different too than thanking someone for doing something. Like for example, the past week or two, you've been working on expanding our patio in the backyard. And I, that you're working for our family. You're blessing our family by doing that. I appreciate that. Um, And it's important for me to verbalize that appreciation and gratitude to you, but also I want to make sure and do things that affirm who you are. Like when you walk in the room in the morning with your coffee cup, um, when you walk into the living room with your coffee cup to come and sit down, um, that just, that brings me so much joy. Mm. You know, when your smile encourages me, um, things that are just about who you are. Yeah. Um, to your, I appreciate those when you're kind. Those kind words that are so consistent from you. Um, your voice is just such a a sweet music to my ears. You know those kind of things that well, the opportunity that, are that we both have to encourage and uh, and to edify, to build up spiritually each other is mm-hmm. is critical. And that opportunity in the mornings to do that before the day gets going, and the night, <laughs> the night we are. And I don't know how many people, how many listeners. This is you, but in the night, and you wake up, everything is is more extreme, you know, in your thinking. The issue you have the day before, the day, you know, the day you're about to come into, and so everything is is worse. Everything's bigger. All these kind of things, and so um, I think it's good to, to once again is to speak and speak life into each other and to encourage and edify. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, this next one is. Um, so let's let's spend some time on this one to make sure that that our listeners understand what we're talking about. But I think this allow alone time uh, for each other, um, it, but with the intention of gathering back together as a couple later mm-hmm. that day. Or um, you know, some of our listeners are like, "Wait, my 
our spouse, we have alone time all the time, you know, because yeah. we don't know how to be together. But but this is an opportunity for us to 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 do things to kind of be you know by yourselves, whether it's with the Lord or whether it's doing some. Um, task or chores or things that, that that maybe even speak into to each of us. It's a creative time or whatever it might be. But with the intention of gathering back together, I think um, you know, for us well, I think we've talked a little bit about this last time on the podcast. We talk about coffee time in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's kind of turned into a very important time where you know, uh, sometimes we have to get up really early to have just a few moments of drinking coffee together. It's not the coffee, although that's important to us. But it's it's sitting facing each other, going, "Hey, how are you doing? What's on your plate today? Uh, how was your night? What thoughts did you have during the night?" Um, and and that's key. And so, but then we also just as important. Um, there was a time we were com- really committed to this. Now with the the quarantine and this this time staying home, it's it's kind of a different rhythm. But we would always come back together about nine thirty at night, mm-hmm. and uh, and let's just sit again together, kind of book in the day of making sure we're we we started the day and we're going to end the day in conversation. Yeah, I think it does a couple things, especially in the evenings. Now that we're both working, um, there was a time when I stayed home with our girls full time, but. You know, our evenings look different. Like, Link is more of a beer. Sorry. He's more of a doer. Um, Link is more of a doer. I'm more of a beer. I do things out of the um, energy that being gives me. He's kind of the opposite. He can be happily out of the energy that doing things gives him. And so um, we would sometimes have skirmishes about what our evenings need to look like. Is that what we're going to call it? A skirmish? Let's let's call it a skirmish. <laughs> I think that's less scary than a battle. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, you know, he would be eager to get out in the yard and do things and work. And I just need to sort of breathe. Um, and so I think when we put a little bit of a plan to it that we're going to reconvene at this time, then it frees the other person to do what they really need to do to to nourish, to mm-hmm. have some soul care, to get things done if that's what they need to do, and um, to allow that <clears throat> to for the differences for the the introvert you know side um, to be fed. Yeah, no, I think that's good. I think back in our early days, I think, and I don't know if you would have phrased it this way, but I think if you thought we were apart, it was the beginning of a drift apart mm-hmm. and there was yeah. a little bit of of a concern like oh no we're going to be that you know that married couple but um but i think us putting an intentional plan together at this time we're going to get back together and that's not something we do all the time but we try to do as best we can because i think that gives us okay we're we're um you know, securing who we are, this is good, and we're going to get back together. And uh, yeah. this is not a something we, we plan all the time, but I think it is kind of the rhythm of our life Yeah, that I allows so us. And allows it's something us that, that we've grown in over time is just this, this security. <laughs> As the security grows, there's breathing room there to yeah. allow each other to um, be different yeah. from each other. All right, next one. Um, to recognize... Or own own and deal with the threats mm-hmm. uh, in our marriage. Now, they're the big threats, the 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 big ones of uh, 
you know, that, that we that people would think when it comes to marriage relationships, uh, infidelity. Um, what are some of the uh, financial risks that have been taken? I mean, some of those are real. Of course, yeah, the, 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 they are the yes, those are th- the, the bigger threats. But I think. Um, there are also kind of the small T threats. They're kind of where it starts, and then it could quickly become a capital T threat. But what are those in to each of your marriages and to your relationship? Um, you know, we each know vulnerabilities uh, or I, things that we know that we're vulnerable to uh, and things that we're susceptible to. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think we can... We can come alongside each other and uh, encourage because we know the threats that are there. Yeah. And you had said some things as we kind of begin to talk through this. Uh, um, well, I think one of the things that when as we're doing some of the things we've already talked about by communicating, sharing often, <clears throat> where we can identify things that the other one doesn't see, maybe um, we can say, you know, here's here's a pattern I've noticed in the way we're communicating that I feel like it's, you know, if it, that's not going to lead anywhere good, so let's adjust. Um, so, I can't remember I think, I well, I think the earlier, personality <laughs> differences that we have. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Me being on the Enneagram right. an eight, you're a two, so how we approach things is... That's right. Um, yes, we're different, and we're very different. And just about every... Uh, personality scale we well except for the Myers-Briggs we're very close on that one which is interesting and we're both NFPs um, and right in the middle on the E and the I part of that so that's we're similar in those ways that that measures but uh, we're different on the disc we're different on the Enneagram 8 and 2 is pretty different um, that scale actually was really helpful to us in getting to know each other better just a couple of years ago when we started realizing um, and that gave us language to understand some of the differences and really places where we had butted heads for a long time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a threat there. Those are all those are all good. Those are strengths that, you know, that we're different and that we respond differently but they can also create um, sore spots and things that are, you know, yeah. things that are difficult repeatedly. Yeah, no, that's great. Okay, I'm gonna jump jump ahead here. Uh, I think we have to uh, to understand the impact of landmines, and uh, <laughs> you know those those landmines being defined by. Uh, can they? Will they? Could they be intentionally put down by one of the spouses because we know the best punches to give out and inflict mm-hmm. pain if we're not careful? That's true. Yeah. Because I mean, and whether you're married six months to a year, especially being married, you know, years and years, you know exactly uh, how to hurt the other one right. if you're not careful, and that. Once again, that, that sounds horrible, but in the moment, you know, it, it can just happen so quickly. And mm-hmm. so how do we best minimize that? How do we make sure that we're not 
picking in the moment kind of kid because we're frustrated maybe with ourselves. We're stressed out ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, I want to be sure I'm bringing in my spouse who I love into the frustration level to ourselves. Definitely. And I think of landmines, too, in terms of just sore spots that we hide, you know, right below the surface. And if I'm honest, sometimes these are ways that I really want you to do something differently than what you're doing it. And so maybe it's a little control thing um, over time or just some way that I've allowed myself to be offended repeatedly. And before it it can just ratchet gradually up to where we're all tiptoeing around. Um, And we know that's not a healthy place to be. And, um, And sometimes, not always, but I think sometimes it can be as simple as, why am I offended by this? You know, just really look at how easily offended we are with one another. Um, And I would say 90% of that is just not worth it. I mean, that we really can choose to serve the other one, to love better, to release the offense and not be offended. And we're afraid to do it because we're afraid that level of love won't be matched, I think. Yeah, I think think that's exactly it. I think that is an underlying reason why because if i forgive yeah will the will my spouse match that level mm-hmm. and they're for you're afraid they're not so that leads us kind of into our, our big last one here which is forgive generously mm-hmm. and i think i think it needs to be forgive often and generously yes and uh i think exactly Gener- oftenly good word <laughs> we'll have to create a new word uh yeah i think uh Yes, this is being like Christ. I think that statement there, but that's not a just a cliche statement. It is a powerful statement. If if the marriage relationship is a picture of the gospel, mm-hmm. um, then I think forgiveness has to be the habit, not something so familiar that it's just it's done without even thinking about it. But it's something that is very thoughtful, mm-hmm. and it is it is something that we think and intentionally do. I think that the impact of that is even more powerful. But I think the true intimacy is found here. I think when we forgive each other, when we realize we've messed up mm-hmm. to whatever level, that um, that we lean, lean into each other. And I think that's where intimacy of the closeness in a relationship, I think, can be found. Absolutely. Now, if, <clears throat> we're, if we really do take the time and energy to focus on Christ— and to love the way he demonstrated for us, then you know who am I really to hold a grudge or hold right. um, some kind of offense against you that I know he gave to me? Mm-hmm. Um, and if there's anything this crisis we're living in has brought to the front is the preciousness of each day. Um, and so I, I don't want to waste that. I want to cherish mm-hmm. the days and the moments and the hours we do have together. So, yeah, that's great. Well, hey, thanks for for listening, and uh, you know, just some reminders during this time, uh, you know, to to make sure that you create a routine. You know, maybe go back and listen to some of the habits that we talked about, uh, and give structure not only to your marriage but to the day. Um, and as you do, as you do life, be become intentional. Um, 
And, you know, pray most of all that you get in the Word together, you know, to ask each other questions, uh, to strive to be to be more, to do the hard things, you know, to truly strive to have a great marriage. And that's where it it's not the easy route. What easier? What is the easy route, which I think most may fall into, is just to be good enough. Um, but to, my prayer and our prayer is for our mm-hmm. listeners just to not settle. And um, yeah, and I think like Joel and like you just said, is to is to make most of this opportunity. And um, so, hey, thank you for your time for listening to us. And uh, do want to encourage you just to with your spouse to write down some things and what are these habits that you're doing well. What are the ones maybe you need to work on? I think that's that can, can be some good conversation. It could also create some angst, maybe. But I think it's sometimes we have to walk through uh, some of these tougher um, situations that or habits that we we are not effective in. And so, once again, I think the the number one in all this is that we forgive generously, as you're discussing. Excuse me, discussing the. Uh, you know those those habits maybe that we need to work on, but or maybe you by yourself um, begin to think through how you um, speak life into your spouse the, the best. And so, but thank you for your time. We we do appreciate it, yes. and um, and I know you could be doing a lot of things. And so, thank you for listening to Joel and myself as we just kind of look at and encourage uh, those listeners in their marriage relationship. And so wherever you are, uh, whether it's you are thriving in your marriage or whether it's just a tough time right now, um, we uh, as a couple and as a church at Brentwood Baptist are behind you and uh, can't wait to one day start gathering again. (laughs) And hopefully it'll be sooner than later. But don't forget uh, kind of our statement here on our podcast about healthy marriages is wherever you are as a family or a marriage relationship, that's the best place to start. So thank you again. Have a good day.